0: the house. Now, it so happened that uh, in this same town, there was also a guy, this is a true story, by the way, I'm telling you, there was also a guy living who was really at the opposite end of the spectrum from this bleeding woman. His name was Jairus, J-A-I-R-U-S, Jairus. And Jairus was well known in that town because he was the archisynagogos of a synagogue there, which basically means he was the chair of the trustees of that synagogue. He, like, ran the board and oversaw all the business operations of that church. And you can imagine that you don't become that by being poor or being a dishonorable person or a disreputable person. And you can also see that guys like Jairus are very much respected. Jairus was that dude that other Jewish men looked at and said, I want to be like that guy. Or that women looked at and said to their men, why can't you be like that guy? That was Jairus. Until very recently, that had been true for Jairus, but not so much just lately, and I'm going to tell you why. So previously, 12 years before the morning when Jairus and this bleeding woman were leaving their houses, back when Jesus was still just a teenage kid, pounding nails on construction sites, probably around the year 12 or 14 A.D., that was the year this woman started doing what sick people do, as in being sick having embarrassing accidents, going to the doctor all the time, spending all your time and money on pills and treatments that don't work. It was around the year 14 or 12 A.D., something like that, that this all started for her. But A.D. 14 was a great year for Jairus because that was the year his daughter was born. You know, Jewish people back then uh, viewed children as blessings from the Lord, and they are. So 14 A.D. was a year of great blessing for Jairus, and it was the start of a bunch of years of blessings of health and material wealth and family love and prestige in his community. Everybody thought Jairus was blessed, and he thought so too. And you know, just this year, he had started looking at his little daughter and thinking that next year she would come of age, like she would have her bot miss for her kitsanyara, you know, and then a couple years after that, she would be engaged, maybe married a year after that, And then she would give him grandchildren, you know, which is the blessing you get when you don't kill your own kids, right? (laughs) Jairus was thinking about that as he left his house that morning. All those blessings. He was thinking about those great blessings and how none of that would come true. Because his daughter was very sick. She was so sick she was about to die. Maybe of something that you could cure today with a trip to the little clinic, you know. And a $3 prescription, but he didn't have no little chronic or $3 prescription. So Jairus wasn't feeling too blessed that day. So Jairus and this bleeding woman both find themselves walking down the road to the same place this same morning. And Jairus got there first. And that's where our lesson text for today actually picks up. The Gospel of Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 43. Mark 5 21 through 43. Now, I'm actually just gonna tell you this story like I've been doing. I'm not gonna read the whole thing, but if y'all wanna look it up and read along or check on your phone, be sure I'm not lying to you. It's Mark 5, 21 through 43. So Jesus is out teaching in a field down by the lake. If you were here last week and heard Ryan's message about the Gerasene demoniac, Jesus had just come back across the lake. I'm trying to think, I'm doing it back, from there. So he's been over here and he comes back up to the western side, the Galilean side, maybe around Capernaum, a town you might have heard of, something like that. And like always with Jesus, there were 100 people or so gathered to listen to him and maybe see what kind of crazy tricks he might do. Because 12 years later, Jesus ain't some kid on a construction site. Now he's a celebrity, right? So all these people are watching Jesus teach, and most of these people also would have known who Jairus is. And so if you imagine yourself in that crowd... You're looking at Jesus and trying to figure out what he's talking about, and your friend pulls at your sleeve and points, and you look over and see Jairus, the chair of the board of the synagogue, Jairus, that dude, walking up real fast. And you're thinking, wow, maybe he's gonna throw Jesus out of town. You know, Maybe they're gonna get into a fight because people like Jairus fought with Jesus all the time. What you would not expect to see was what they saw, which was this. Jesus is down there teaching, And Jairus and his boys march straight through the crowd. And Jairus just stops and interrupts Jesus by falling on his knees and begging him to come to his house and heal his daughter. That's embarrassing, man. It's embarrassing to see a grown man do that. It's cringy. But again, you know, you're always going to do what you think the kind of person you think you are would do. What desperate people do is beg. And Jairus was desperate. So Jesus is like, sure, man, let's go to see her, you know, and uh, they set out for Jairus's house and most of the crowd followed him because honestly, that's pretty much what they come to see anyway. You want to see Jesus do tricks, right? So now we got Jairus and his boys and Jesus leading this crowd of a hundred people up the road into the town toward Jairus's house. And then there's a bunch of other people that just see all these people going up the road and they're like, what the, and they realize what's going on and they go get their friends and their family and they run back and get their kids and they come back and so the crowd keeps growing and growing, and they're just all going up the road to this guy's house to see if Jesus is going to do something to his daughter. You got that in your mind? Visualize it? Okay. So as this crowd of people is heading into town, coming toward them the other way is this bleeding woman. So this ain't going to be as simple as she thought it might have been. You going to have no private meeting with uh, Rabbi Jesus there. never is as simple as you think it's going to be. But she realizes what's going on, And she joins in the crowd, too. And so she's hustling along with all these people that are going to go up to Jairus' house. And this woman was thinking, see, 12 years of this had done to her what hadn't happened to Jairus yet. Jairus had not been in the sick game long enough for the whole, what did I do that made God do this to me to set in with him? This was kind of new for Jairus. But this woman had had a lot of nights to think about that. 4,000 nights she had had to lay in bed asking herself, what did I do that made God do this to me? And 4,000 mornings she wakes up and she's still got that blood on her fingers. And as many of you all know, uh, I sure do, (laughs) what happens with that when we have to deal with something like that, defining problem like that over a long period of time, what happens is that the demons or your own mind or other abusive people in your life or society at large will start to gaslight you. You all know what gaslighting is, right? Gaslighting. It's when I question you and challenge you and spin and flip exactly why you did something or what actually happened or whether it actually happened at all. It's a very common, some of you know, a common manipulation tactic in abusive relationships. And the way that works in the religion game is this. Whatever you did or why or whether you actually did it, whether it was actually your fault or whose fault or the circumstances or how or why you started doing this or acting like this or thinking like this in the first place... Way back when, whether it's the devil or society or just judgmental abuse of people in your life or your own guilty conscience, whatever that is will put a label on you and that behavior and then spin it up until you can't remember when or who or how this got this way. You will come to think, as some of you do think, as all of us do think, actually. (laughs) Ain't nobody fooling nobody about this. You will come to think in your private mind that you're just this way. And therefore, it's always gonna be this way. And you will see and start to believe that you will always do what you think the kind of person you are would do, even when you can't remember why you think or ever thought you were that kind of person in the first place. And the way that works on the ground is what we see with this bleeding woman. She's not gonna walk up to Jesus and fall on her knees like Jairus did and ask him to do something. She didn't think Jesus would listen to it. Man, God had never listened to any of her prayers about this before. So why is he going to start now? So she thought, some of you guys know this story already, so you kind of know what she She thought, what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get up there to him. So this sick little woman thinks she's going to push through all these fishermen and construction workers and this big crowd of people, man, I've just got to get up there and Touch him. That was her brilliant plan. So she pushed. She pushed. And she pushed. And she reached out, and somebody pushed her back. And she pushed again and reached, and somebody pushed her back. And she pushed. And she kept pushing and dodging and pushing in the crowd. And finally she got him. She got hold of his robe. And Jesus stopped. Like Jairus was walking beside him talking, Jesus like, stop, boy. And Jairus stopped, and he looked, and the whole crowd stopped, and they looked, and everybody stopped. Jesus stopped, and he looked around, <laughs> looking at different people in the crowd, and he said, "Who touched me?" Now a couple of his a bunch of his disciples are there, right? It doesn't say who they were, so you pick your favorite ones. Let's say Thomas and Judas. Jesus says to Judas, hey, who just touched me? And Judas is like, man, what are you talking? There's, a, there's 100 people here. He touched you. They touched you. That guy, that guy with the mole touched you. I touched you. Everybody touched you. 50 people touched you. Man, what are you talking about? He says, no. Somebody touched me. And something happened to them. And he was right. Because as he was saying that, that woman reached down and felt her leg. And she was standing in the middle of that crowd looking at her fingers because for, for the first time in 12 years there was no blood on them. And she was thinking that was how a normal person would feel. So let me, let me pause this for a second. You know, Ryan's been doing this series on the Gospel of Mark called Things Can Change. If you've been here or have been here and you just forgot, he's doing this series called Things Can Change going through the Gospel of Mark. A major theme in the Gospel of Mark, and I personally, different people feel different, but I personally would say this is the central theme In the ministry of Jesus, like if you're going to sum up Jesus in three words that everybody can remember, those three words are things can change. You can change. So you think you got a bad marriage, man? you got a string of bad relationships in and out of marriage or marriages and maybe some outside of marriages while you're married to this one, but also messing around with her too. And it's not because you can't stay faithful to one woman, man. It's because you've never felt one day in your life that any one woman or anyone loved you. But you've just come to accept that they don't. And you can't get it right anyway, so just pay your dues and try to stay out of trouble because real men don't need to be loved anyway. Things can change. You've never really been happy with your job or your career or whatever people call that. You work because you have to. And it always just feels like work that you don't want to do, mostly with people that you don't want to be around. And you don't know how or whether to make it any better or what better would even look like, but it doesn't matter because they're just using you anyway until you quit or they cut you. But until that happens, you know, the devil you know is always better, right? Things can change. So you've done this thing off and on for a long time. And you're not sure how you got into it in the first place, but you did. And you can uh, stop for a while, but you know you're just in recovery. You never be 100 percent free. You'll never be better, because you'll always be an addict forever. But for now, it's pretty well under control. Thank you. And, you know, the support of good friends really helps. And the next time it can't help enough, maybe God will forgive you again. And maybe he and she and they will forgive you too one more time. Maybe not. Hey, things can change. You know, man, people can't get over what's happened with this family. goes way back. We can forget and move on, but that's as good as it's going to be. And, hey, uh, you know, the fact that God forgives us for the next life doesn't mean that there aren't still consequences in this life, you know. Man, things can change. Ryan pointed out the first week of this series. Some of you are here. The first words of Jesus in the Gospel of Mark, the first words in red, are a summary of Jesus' whole message in one sentence. It's Mark 115, which you ought to memorize. And I'm not big on telling people to memorize Scripture because I don't do it myself. So I'm not telling you to you do something I just don't do. But this one is worth remembering because it's the whole message of Jesus in one sentence. The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. It's here, right now. So repent. Change your mind. That's what repent means. Repent and believe the good news. The time The kairos that Ryan is always talking about in the original Greek language has come. K-A-I-R-O-S, kairos. That's not clock time. Clock time is chronos. That gives us words like chronology, stuff like that. Kairos means a season. Am I saying this right, Bill? He will just jump up and correct me if I'm saying this wrong because this dude like wrote the book on this, but if I'm right, am I? No, but you're expert on this. (laughs) Because then I can blame you if I say it wrong. But he'll jump up and tell you if I'm wrong. Kairos is like opportunity time, man. It's your moment, your chance, your time, the way Jesus uses that word. It's God's gift to you. This moment where you have a choice to become something different. Is that right? This moment where you can change your mind and the whole world will change out in front of you. And Jesus' message is that moment has come right now. It's always here. It's every moment. And it's not too late. It's never too late. Just do it. This bleeding woman, she spent 12 years thinking and being a sick, desperate person. Doing what sick, desperate people do. And she was looking at her fingers and there was no blood on them because things can change. And they do change. So, man, that was amazing. This with that woman was amazing. I mean, the crowd was amazed. And as they're talking about this and just being amazed, you look up the road and see some more people are coming from the direction of Jairus' house. Now, Jairus was feeling pretty good right then because, you know, Jesus had his game on that day, right? And this is a tall order back up at the house <clears throat> with his daughter. And as they're all celebrating, you know, his friend... From the house comes up to him and grabs him. And Jairus turns around and says, Man, you won't believe this. He just healed this lady who and the guy puts his hand up and says, She's dead. Man, you know the thing about dead is it means dead. It means there ain't gonna be no more Father's Day cards and no big wedding. And no grandchildren and no nothing. It means your sins are caught up with you, man. And Jairus didn't know what to say. He's just looking at the ground, looks at that guy, looks at the crowd, looks at that sinful, bleeding woman that's dancing around, looks at his friend, looks at Jesus, looks at the ground again. Jesus says to him, what did that guy say? He said, uh, you know, he, he, uh, he said, uh, and Jairus' friend interrupts him and says, uh, Rabbi, I, ju- I just told him um, his daughter's passed on. So you don't need to come. But thank you. And Jesus said, She's not dead. These people back then did not have heart monitors and oxygen sensors, man, but they knew what dead looked like because people died at home back then. So the guy who came from the house says to Jesus, no, no, rabbi, she, she really is dead, I'm afraid. I just, I just saw her myself. And Jesus said, she's not dead. The dude's like, no, she's dead, rabbi. We need to help Jairus Except his loss. But my friends, Jesus was not in the business of people accepting their losses. He was in the business of things changing. So he slaps Jairus on the back and says, well, hey, let's go see. So they go to the house, and everyone in the house is screaming and wailing. Jesus walks in and says, sounds like a funeral in here. (laughs) They were shocked. And they told him so. And he went into the bedroom where this girl's body was with just Jairus and his wife and a couple of his disciples and shut the door. And when that door opened again, that little girl walked out. Very much alive. And I got Jairus to know, he really was quite blessed, wasn't he? So man, if, um, if dead doesn't mean dead, We would have to say that never doesn't mean never, does it? Is that right? And if dead don't mean dead, always can't mean always. If dead doesn't mean dead, then it may not be true that we will always just do whatever we think the kind of person we think we are would do. Because dead people always stay dead. (laughs) Unless they don't. Right? If dead doesn't mean dead, then it doesn't matter how long something's been broken or how dysfunctional these relationships have become or how deep of a groove my traumas and coping mechanisms have cut into the pathways of my brain so that all these things have forced me again and again to repeat the same hurtful, destructive behaviors and be content with believing they can never be different. If dead doesn't mean dead, none of that matters, does it? Because things can change. My friends, if dead meant what dead means, all hope is gone. Just hang it up. But if dead really just means asleep, then we might have to admit to ourselves that things can change. Would you all, uh, I don't like to do weird stuff like this, but would you all say that out loud with me? Things can change. Ready? Things can change again. Things can change louder. Things can change. People, the Cincinnati Bengals are playing in the Super Bowl tonight. Things can change. And if we know that is true, then we know that we don't always just have to do what we think the kind of person we think we are would do. And we can start being something different right this minute if we want to. And we can do that because God has given us one more chance to live. So I guess uh, it's not inevitable after all, is it? Now, you ready? What you're going to see here now, if you're not familiar with this, is four or five people have decided to change. So they're going to come up here yeah. and be baptized in front of you all. Yeah, amen. Right? So <laughs> here's what I want to tell you. There's four or five we know have already decided. And I'm not like an evangelist, but what I'm here to tell you is this. Okay, and I want you to hear this coming off of what I just said. Ain't nobody here promising you that things will change. I'm telling you they can. And that you have a choice. Okay? So all we're saying right here and all you're saying, if you want to come up here and get in line with these people or do whatever... You ain't saying nothing. You ain't signing a membership card. You ain't doing nothing. You're saying, I want to choose. One more time. I'm going to try one more time. And some of you have already been baptized. You've been in the Lord a long time. But you have never felt freedom one day in your life. Because this is the reality, people. We don't believe things can change. But they can. So also, I'm assuming, if you don't need to be baptized, right, but if you do just want prayer, man, get up here. And you're gonna see chains fall off. Ryan, you got anything else you wanna to say to these people, brother? Dude, that was off the chain. Let's off the chain, man.